Where's it going, Rudy? I'm in the goddamn club, aren't I? of the Reddit Horror Club. I am joined, as always, by my two frequent co-hosts, Adam and Scott. This week we'll be discussing Fright Night, the original, and most likely Fright Night, the remake. Yes! <laughs> um, so, we don't have the person who picked this movie, who is uh, Plymouth, so we don't have anyone to ask why they picked this movie. So, uh, let's just dive right in, because was this any of our first experience watching... Um, Fright Night? Fright Night? No. No, definitely not. Okay. So let's, so let's <laughs> I was talk- like, oh, I'm not a poser. So let's talk about our experience watching Fright Night, the first time that we watched Fright Night. Then do you, do you, either one of you remember the first time that you saw it? I actually don't. I must have watched it sometime in high school, but I don't remember watching it for the first time. I just know that I love it. <laughs> I was probably 18 or 19, and I just decided like i'd heard a lot about the remake was coming out around the time and i thought well i'll fucking download this now and uh i watched it and then i watched it again the next day and then i watched it a third time the third day (laughs) (laughs) um (coughs) for me i had a uh i had an uncle who owned a deli and he had this huge vhs collection so he would put the VHS tapes out on display in the deli and like rent them out to people. And he was, he was kind of like the gateway into horror before I was in the horror. Like he always had all this cool shit and he didn't own the first Fright Night. He only owned Fright Night 2. And I just always remember that VHS box, which was just an all white box with just like two eyes and then a mouth with fangs and blood dripping off the fangs. And that was it. And uh, I was always like, "What the fuck is this movie?" But like, I was very like, I was very strict as a kid that I would not watch a franchise out of out of order. Like, it sounds just, exactly like what you would do. Yeah, like I was just like, "Nope, I really I'm curious about this, but until I see the first Fright Night, not gonna happen." And for whatever reason, the video store by me also didn't carry Fright Night. Like, I don't know why. Like, Fright Night was such this hard to come by. Uh, title. So it wasn't until college with Netflix that I finally was able to see Fright Night and Fright Night Two, uh, which isn't that good. But I enjoy. Yeah, Fright Night Two's. Eh. My favorite thing about Fright Night Two is that the Wolfman from Monster Squad also plays a Wolfman in Fright Night Two. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, there's there's another Fright Night Two out now. Which is that the one that Scott was <laughs> the, talking about? That's terrible. That's like a shot for shot remake of the first Fright Night. Listen, I haven't Fright watched Night? it, so I can't judge. It's on Canadian Netflix, so I could watch it. I don't really want to, though. It's got such a low score. It looks really bad. <laughs> I would rec- I would recommend you don't watch it. Yeah, this is Alligator Two all over again. I really don't <laughs> need to see the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man. The, the sequel to Alligator 2, mostly garbage, but there is a sequence with 
midget, what looks like midgets wrestling an alligator. Nice. What like I don't think that there's supposed to be midgets in the movie. I think that that was their way of making the alligator look bigger for the <laughs> sequence. But it's always bothered me ever since I was a kid. <laughs> um. All right. So I remember really loving it right off the bat. Um, I always hear people, like, this is like one of those three 80s vampire movies that people always claim are, like, the greatest of all the vampire French uh, movies. It's always this, Near Dark, and Lost Boys. Um, I don't think it's better than Lost Boys, but I think it's a close fucking second to Lost Boys. I don't don't have as much affinity for Lost Boys as other people do, so I'm going to put this ahead of it. (laughs) Me too. Well, I think that this is cool because it's a little bit more... um, Fun and and well, I was gonna say self-aware, but they're both really self-aware. Um, I guess I'm just I, I feel like yeah, they're they're kind of companion pieces. I just don't know how to I don't I don't know how to put it, but I do I do think that I enjoy watching Fright Night more than Lost Boys, though I definitely lost watched Lost Boys more because Megan loves it. So well, I I could almost see. Uh, like for sake of comparison, the, these movies came out around a, a very weird time in Saturday morning cartoons, where they were doing cartoon versions of horror movies for no explainable reason. So there was like the <laughs> RoboCop cartoon series and the Toxic Crusaders, and uh, what the fuck is the other one? Uh, the the Attack of the Killer Tomatoes cartoon series. Yeah, why they have that? That's so weird. <laughs> so even though this came before Lost Boys by two years, this almost feels like the Saturday morning cartoon version of Lost Boys. Like, you get rid of all, like, the the moody seriousness of it and, and the really violent, like, fangs being buried into people's skulls and just focus on, like, hey, it's a group of kids and they're fighting vampires and it's really fun and they got, like, this guy who hosts a TV show as their partner... And it's, it's just kind of, it's very, like, it's very 80s. And that was one, the one thing, when they were doing the remake, I was really concerned about, like, how they were going to be able to keep the tone. Um, mostly because I love Peter Vincent as, you know, like an Elvira-style TV show host. And those just simply don't exist. And I'm like, well, what are they going to do? And when they said magician, it I was, was like, yeah. I was like, what? And then I saw it in the movie, I'm like, no, that makes total sense. Like, they, it... I that was the one thing where I was questioning how good the movie would be because up until that point I was 100% on board for that remake with every casting decision and yeah they they managed to make that magician angle really fucking work in that remake yeah and also I think that I I think I might have mentioned this to you already but I prefer Evil Ed in the remake to the original because the the um, relationship to the protagonist is it makes way more sense because evil ed in the original is such a dick to well, brewster and he never like you never understand their relation i don't ever understand the relationship because it's like um you know <laughs> i wouldn't want to be friends with ed well, like total I, dick. I think that's like the funny thing is like when I when I first started watching Fright Night before the remake, I was always like, "Oh man, Evil Ed's the shit! Like he's so funny and he's so ridiculous." And then I saw the remake, and I'm like, "Oh man, I really don't like the original Evil Ed anymore." Like I agree with you, but I think it was only because, like, as soon as you see how that relationship could have been presented within a context of their relationship, 
it makes you realize how little explanation their friendship has actually been given in the original. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm gonna disagree with you guys on this one. I don't much I pref I well I don't prefer the original Evil Dead as a person. He's a real piece of shit. But yeah. he's more of an entity in that movie. He actually has some shit going on, and you get to know him a little bit. With Christopher Mintz Plass, it feels like he shows up. Uh, they quickly establish that friendship, and then he's gone for an hour and fifteen minutes, and then he's back again at the end. Uh, I agree with that. Too. I I really like the actor who played Evil Ed, and he was in like six movies and then went to gay porn. So like the original, yeah, we talked about this. Yeah, the original Evil Ed. The original Evil Ed. Not and don't not don't anybody get excited. Christopher Mintz is not doing gay porn <laughs> yet. Yeah, yet. Because he was also in uh, that Wes Craven horror movie that's not very good, but I still enjoy it. Uh, the was it nine three six evil or whatever the hell it's called? Nine seven six evil. Yes, yeah, he's in that, and then he plays a guy who can't stop masturbating in a uh, a sex comedy from the eighties called Heaven Help Us about a bunch of kids in Catholic school. So you, that really resonated with you. Oh, absolutely. The, well, that was one of those weird. So my dad always had this weird habit of introducing me to movies that were super inappropriate for him to be introducing me to at like a young age. Because they were just his favorite movies and he wanted to watch them. So, like, when I was six, he's like, hey, we're going to watch Caddyshack, Heaven Help Us, and Porky's today. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so, like, he had no shame as long as mom wasn't home. He was like, yeah, we're going to watch these movies with lots of boobies because dad likes it. <laughs> so, so uh, Heaven Help Us is the only one out of, like, all those films that he showed me that I still haven't tracked down a copy of to own. I still have my VHS copy that I taped off of television. Um, I, I bet that the tracking is just fucking terrible on oh, that. It's gar I haven't watched it in almost a decade because it's so just beat up at this point. Um, so, I mean, the thing that sucks about Fright Night in the sense of the podcast is that there's not... I mean, it's there's so much in it, but it, it's like it's hard to actually pick something to discuss... Because it's one of those movies that, like, I feel like you've seen it so many times that you're just kind of like, well, there's nothing new to say. Like, I, I've talked to other people about why I like this movie so much that, like, by the time you have to put it on an actual recording, you're kind of, like, running out of all the stuff that you liked because it's all been said before. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the problem. when Whenever we do um, really, really well-known horror movies on the... Uh, on the podcast, I just feel like um, unless the unless the uh, picker has some sort of like personal story about the person that's seen it or why it really resonates with them, things like that, it's not going to really be a great podcast. But also, well, the next two weeks, we don't have to worry about it being movies that we've uh, seen. Never before. seen it. Yeah, we've <laughs> seen before. Um, but uh, speaking of having discussions about movies that everybody's seen, uh, three of us were talking about how our horror is doing, this, is doing a similar thing to Horror Club right now, but they're doing a movie a day. And that I, I haven't been keeping up on it, and I haven't commented or anything like that, but that would just be hellish for me because I'd be like, I don't have enough to say about... I mean, I, I get burned out after about five about five days in a row. Do you remember when we tried to do twice a week in the beginning of Horror Club? Yeah, it was really hard. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I do you imagine trying to record two podcasts a week. It was like 
it was nightmarish trying to get it all done. Um, yeah, I can't. I can only imagine what a pain in the ass that would be. Yeah, so I, I mean, I think that uh, all in all, I like the way that we do horror club. I'm not threatened by the other uh, our horror horror club idea. Well, listen, it's great what we do over here, but we'll never be the official yeah. horror <laughs> discussion member. <laughs> <laughs> No, they're, yeah, they're going to get burnt out on that real quick. I mean, when you do two movies a week, it it already started, people just go, well, I'll just do the ones that I've seen before. When you yeah, do and they're not going to watch a new one. Day, yeah, no way. There's no chance. But, but, I mean, I think that that's, I, I understand that what they're doing is very similar to what Horror Club started with, which because was because Horror Club started as a, a branching out from our horror, and there were a lot of people who wanted to pick right now and you know um waiting sucked and i understand because there were like what 40 movies and 40 50 movies in the first round and there was yeah, like 44 44 movies jesus and uh i mean it was kind of nice that there were a good amount of them that i had already seen because then i could you know wing it most of the time but uh man nobody's going to watch a movie that they haven't seen unless they're on spring break or in high school. Yeah. It, uh, but back to Fright Night. Let's talk yes. about a few things. Like, there are a few things that we can discuss real quick. Um, one element is what was your, like, what what's your favorite scene in this movie? Like, all the different times you've seen it, what is your favorite moment? Adam? Uh, the end vampire explosion. Really? Yeah, that is pretty solid. That's a fucking sick effect. I like that a lot. This is a '85 movie. I get well. They had a lot of cool practical <laughs> effects back then. But oh, Matt's dying. Um, <laughs> I just that one's really cool. Occasionally, I'll just pull it up on YouTube and just watch that scene. <laughs> no, are you talking about when he's like a giant bat-like creature stabbed to the wall? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Like wait, he like he fucking explodes. My my favorite is near that scene, but not quite that scene. Um, when his like servant just slowly melts, and it's like a minute and a half long sequence of just like slime starts falling out of his sleeve, and then like a bunch of cockroaches start falling out of his sleeve, and then he turns to dust, or he turns into a skeleton. There's that shot where the skeleton's looking at its head, confused as to what's happening, and it's just a pile of dust, and they just walk past it. Yeah, that's a good one, too. It's so much easier to shit on a shitty movie than it is to praise a good movie. <laughs> well, I think really the issue is that we... Well, we can talk about how stupid the face look is when... Uh... Oh, when she has the teeth? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I always thought that was stupid. I'm like, I hate how this looks so much. Yeah, I think that, that was just kind of trying to be funny. Have you ever seen the movie Grave Dancers? I tried to watch it, and I think because, I only got about 15 minutes because in. Because I feel like all the ghosts, like, someone was just like, hey, you know what was really awesome? That girl's face in Fright Night. We should, <laughs> make, we should make all the ghosts have that face. <laughs> I think that also might have something to do with the uh, stretchy face ghost issue that we've been dealing with lately. No, we all know that you picked the movie that introduced the stretchy ghost face issue. <laughs> That's not true. I disagree. <laughs> um... But, uh, so, I know we were talking about um, Lost Boys versus Fright Night. Adam, which would you pick? 
the Fright Night ex uh, Vampire Explosion or the Death by Stereo Vampire Explosion in uh, Lost Boys. That's that's the one you're going with, man. I I mean, I think the best Lost Boys vampire death is the the tub filled with garlic. Right? No, no, no. That I'm saying. Oh, just from pure explosions. explosions. Yeah, just from pure explosions. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going Fright Night on this. One. Yeah, I'm still going to stick with Fright Night too. You bring up a good, a good uh, sort of counterpoint, but it's still going to be frightening. Well, and I don't think that the I I always I was never that blown away by the by the uh, Lost Boys one until recently because I'm not sure if you you remember, but when you watch that scene on VHS, you can't even fucking tell what's happening because it's like so dim in the room. Like, it wasn't until DVD where I'm like, oh, shit, his hands and head explode. <laughs> like, like, I literally just always thought he got electrocuted. And I was like, well, that's very anticlimactic. Yeah. But it did give you such a great... I, I really think that they just were like, oh, let's have one of them die by stereo. By like a... Like a... Like a... Boombox. Okay. Okay, how can we shoehorn this in? Well, so, why would we do that? Because it's the 80s, man. What are you fucking talking about? Yeah, exactly. Lost Boys also has the better final line. <laughs> What's the final line in Lost Boys? There's, a, there's one thing I always hate about living in Santa Quinn. All the goddamn vampires. <laughs> I always hated that. That's the grandpa, right? Yeah, I love uh, that line. Ugh, no. Did you ever read the comic book uh, Lost Boys 2 that was the sequel that they were going to make a year or two later? Mm-mm. Uh, it was going to reveal that a grandpa's now a vampire, uh. um, and that they didn't kill the head vampire. Uh, the head vampire was that widow that the grandfather kept going over the house of. Hmm. Like it actually was like it was a really well thought out plot line where you're like, oh shit, and then uh, one of the frog brothers eats it in the in the proposed sequel. <laughs> Probably not, uh, probably not Corey Feldman, but I actually yeah. I, I enjoyed that angle of it, and I'm sure it's probably if they had made it, it still would have been better than skateboarding vampires. <laughs> I don't I, know. Skateboarding vampires is so '80s and awesome as a concept. Yeah, that, but we got it in 2009. <laughs> oh, I didn't watch the remake, so I didn't know that it was actually a thing. Yeah, no. There's three sequels to The Lost Boys that just follow Corey Feldman. As the Frog Brothers, the lone Frog Brother. Just... Wait, we're talking 2009, Corey Feldman. Yeah. What? Oh, fucking thanks. Yeah, <laughs> Lo the Lost Boys to the Tribe. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I, I always see that in like the dollar bin at Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> I I prefer the ending where uh, Homer and Bart and they're all still vampires, and it turns out that Marge is the head vampire. Yeah, I prefer that ending. Yeah, Corey Feldman starred in Lost Boys Two: The Tribe in nineteen or in two thousand eight, and in two thousand ten, Lost Boys Three: The Thirst. Wow, that's the most unoriginal movie title I've ever heard. Uh, apparently, Tom Savini also stars in Lost Boys Two: The Tribe. Tom yeah, well. Savini just has a fucking boner for being a vampire. <laughs> Tom Savini's career isn't exactly illustrious and uh, you know respectable after a point <laughs> uh, or before a point. He's got he's well, he's very much like a bell curve. 
I've always kind of thought Tom Savini was a bit of an asshole. <laughs> I, I think that that's the general consensus these days, is that because he won't talk to you about makeup stuff if you see him at a convention. He only wants to talk to you about his acting roles. Yeah, don't you know I'm a celebrity? Like, yeah. you... Hey, so Horror Hound was last weekend yeah. in, in uh, Cincinnati or whatever, and like their, their convention, and um, I have a couple Facebook friends that went, but um, I, I don't think it's very cool that, it, that, that famous people and B, B-level horror people charge you 50 bucks to get a picture with them. I understand that it's probably making it worthwhile for them to fucking be there, but what kind of yokel is going to spend 50 bucks to get a picture with some person that you don't know? Like, I just, I just run up and have my friend, like, snap a quick picture and then, like, run away and be like, ha, they, fool you, fucker. So, I, I, it's been a while since I mentioned this podcast, so fuck it. They actually had... Um, Best podcast ever? No, no wait. About a, <laughs> about a month ago uh, on Killer POV, they actually, oh, had, Killer they actually had one of the people who puts on those conventions, and they asked them that. They're like, why the fuck are people being charged to, like, take photos and get autographs? Like, this is ridiculous. Because apparently back in the day, that wasn't the case. Like, you paid, like, 25 bucks, and you show up, and everything was free in there. Like, you get whatever photos you want, you could get whatever autographs you want. Like, all you had to pay was that first fee to get in there. Yeah. And the guy was saying, like, it all came down to, like, the second one person saw that they could make a profit charging people uh-huh. for an autograph, it... Like, agents came in, and then all these agents were like, oh, well, we won't, you know, let you have our guy unless you pay them X amount of money and let them charge this much money for this, and blah, blah, blah. And I actually remember when I went to Monster Mania in Cherry Hill, Lloyd Kaufman was signing anything for free. Like, he didn't care. And I actually physically saw one of the people from the convention pull him aside and whisper something in his ear. And, uh... He he looked very upset and angry, and then like stormed back over to the booth and was like, "Well, apparently I'm not allowed to give out signatures for free." Um, he's like, "So anything that you buy off our table, I'll sign for free." And uh, okay. yeah, and I asked true. him about that, and he goes, "Apparently, no. The other celebrities feel like if I give away my autographs for free, then no one will pay for their autographs because why should they have to pay for theirs but not for mine?" Blah blah. blah. And I'm like, so it like it does turn into this clicky like bullshit between agents and and celebrities and and people who really don't want to be there. They just want to get a paycheck, and it kind of ruins everything for all the other people who like actually look forward to going there and and meeting their fans and stuff like that. And they're forced to have to charge a price. I think it's very like I, I've learned that the cheaper that they're willing to charge for the photo, the more likely that they actually want to be there. Um, yeah, and, uh, why would you even... <laughs> I, I don't understand why anybody would... Uh, I mean, it's a money. fucking autograph. It's, you're not special. Like, yeah. you went up and asked somebody for their autograph. It's not like you were out and they are like, here, let me sign this napkin for you. I don't know. Something like that. But it's just... It well, just seems like becoming, a fool in his money. It, it's becoming more and more ridiculous. Like... I have people messaging me like, oh, did you see who's going to, to blah, blah, blah? And they'll be like, it's people from this movie. And I'm like, yeah, but it's no one important from those movies. Right. And dude, if I was an actor, I would try like hell to be in a horror movie that, like, that, would, that becomes a cult classic. Because you don't have to act well. 
You don't ever have to do anything real with your life in Hollywood. You could get a job at a fucking supermarket and you could do the convention circuit and you could basically live off of that forever. Like Linnea Quigley, God rest her soul. I know she's not dead, but she's dead to me because she's like a fucking walking skeleton nowadays. She looks terrible. But uh, Linnea Quigley, like she never was, she's not a good actress. She's not. She's fucking terrible actually and she looks like garbage in half the movies that she was in because obviously if you're not acting well you got to look good you know not no act not good acting it's got to be good looks but uh i mean i love her as trash and richard lemme dead and i love her as that horrible slutty person in night of the demons <laughs> um but like people will line up to fucking get her autograph and a picture with her and and bill mosley who's also a god-awful actor he's not good and people like that's all I see. People go to conventions and they just fall all over themselves to get pictures with these people. And I'm like, man, what am I doing wrong with my life that I don't just act in one or two shitty movies that people like because of their awfulness, campiness, whatever? I mean, I like I like Night of the Demons because it's campy as shit. And if I was in a movie like that, I could probably be set for life at on like supplemental income. You know, have like some crappy menial job and just go do horror conventions and I'd be set. I don't know. I think it's a pretty good uh, business model. I don't know. Are you telling me, Scott, that Barbara Crampton, who hasn't done fucking anything good (laughs) in 30 years, doesn't deserve 50 bucks a pop for a shitty signed headshot? Is that what you're trying to tell me? (laughs) I mean, no, because you're going to pay $50 to get a signed headshot from the 80s. Because she probably bought about 100,000 of those when she was in From Beyond. And then, uh, you know, has been just fucking burning through those for the last 25 years. But um, you get a picture with her, too. So, obviously, that's worth, you know, four or five hours of your of your job, work, like money that you get from your job. Let's say that you work at uh, Target or something like that, and you're getting 10 bucks an hour. And, you know, that's that's definitely worth spending your money on absolutely uh, 100%. <laughs> um well that's so like, i can't wait until you guys have to pay me 50 bucks to be on the podcast every week did you ever hear the story i think they talk about it on the on the uh reanimator commentary track but i mean it, i feel a little bad because this is kind of shitty but it's also really funny to me that um she didn't do conventions for the longest time <laughs> Because too many people were taking screenshots of her nude scene when she's about to be eaten out by the head and printing it out and asking her to sign in. That's and, an amazing scene, though. Like, and it was making her like super uncomfortable, so she just stopped going to conventions for a couple of years. You know, I would probably do the same. Yeah. Like, if someone's like, hey, sign this picture of your dick, I'd be like, um, the first four or five hundred times, it'd be very, very impressed with their uh with their wherewithal but then the next couple thousand times would probably be like this is a little douchey and not want to do it i mean i so so that's that's that i i agree with her though so real quick that is shitty (laughs) um real quick i just happen to be on reddit right now looking at what's on the top of my news feed and did you notice that there's a post on our horror that their headline is literally a fucking, like, BuzzFeed clickbait headline. No, I don't really go on that too It much. says, 
10 indie films that'll scare you and impress you. And then in parentheses, they said basically 2, 7, 8, 9, 10. Like, check oh out those god. in that list. Oh my <laughs> god. Don't read this list. Just the couple that I think are good. <laughs> and this is why. Oh, Jesus Christ. This is the way that a horror movie starts, you know? You're like coughing on the podcast. You fucking patient then... zero over here. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, your body starts to transform. Dude, and you're there like, is... what's happening to me? <laughs> there is nothing in this list. Like, I'm looking at the list right now. There is nothing in this list that I have not heard about a thousand fucking times. On our horror? Our horror? Except for the last one. Number ten I've never heard of. This is their list of, like... The the ten indie films that you haven't seen but should see or whatever the fuck it's they're they're fucking The Exorcist yeah American Werewolf in London (laughs) let me see the exact headline ten indie movies that will scare you and impress you so just like fucking here's ten indie films so you got Blair Witch Project high tensions on that list calling it Let the Right One In (laughs) The House of the Devil Silent House. Grave Encounters, Kill List, You're Next, uh, The Taking of Deborah Logan, The Baba Duke, and A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night is the only one I've never heard of. Um, but yeah, like, this fucking just, hey, here's ten movies. Like, that's that's literally Here what they ten could. movies that I think are cool. Yeah, and like, they're all, they're almost all from the last fucking five years. Yeah, literally, because they put it in order of release. It starts with Blair Witch in 98 and then jumps all the way down to 2008. Like, <laughs> that, so so for, for ten years there was no indie films made that were worth watching? No, the, the issue is that they were fucking in infant when they, when Blair Witch came out. And they were like, oh, I need some street cred. So, uh, 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 okay, the first found footage movie I ever heard of. Yeah. So, goddamn. This is exactly why I don't go there very often. If Scott had made this list, he would have put that movie on there that had the fart jump scare. It would have been a much better (laughs) list. Uh, I always forgot that that was a thing. Hey, wait, wait, wait. How we were talking about the, like, nude scene Barbara Crampton thing or whatever? Click the link that I just sent you. Um,. And tell me if you've ever seen this picture before. Where'd it go? Where's no. The what the hell is that? It's it's a guy handing Emma Watson a picture of her getting out of a limo. And it's like an upskirt of her. And he's trying to get her to autograph that picture. She, and she looks just has... so angry. <laughs> She's so pissed. I, and she's probably even more pissed because an asshole like you found that picture and was like, "Hey guys, let's let's commiserate about how ridiculous this this situation is." Oh yeah, it's never going away. Once it's on the internet, you can't get rid of it. <laughs> so I, I also got curious to just click the uh, the the comments on that particular post on our horror because I wanted to see like if anyone else called them out on their shit. They're like, "Hey, this list is fucking terrible." But, and nobody did. No, but in perfect, uh, perfect, uh, our horror style, all the posts are just like, am I the only one who didn't like and then random movie that was in that <laughs> list? It's like, that's the most that you can, that that fucking sub Reddit can add to conversation. 
it's just a it's an echo chamber, which is very frustrating for me because I feel like it it could be and sometimes is way better than that. But maybe it's just like certain posts really really bring out the very young. I don't know. I really think it is mostly young people there because that's why it's all modern films that they talk about or they just circle jerk about movies from the 80s, which, I mean, we circle jerk about movies from the 80s too, but, I mean, I, I think that we tr- we're we pretty well-rounded in, in, in our podcast at least about, you know, being topical and on point except for this discussion, which is pretty much veered completely away from the movie which is totally fine. Well, I think we're just all sad because we've already discussed cheap trills and now we don't get to say it. Cheap trills! <laughs> hey, I will give the R Horror mods some credit because somebody made a post on R Horror and it just says, has anybody else seen Housebound from 2014? And they have it uh, tagged as Hidden Gem, which I think is just sarcastic. <laughs> like, they're making one of the first... <laughs> No, no, I don't think that's sarcastic at all. I think that they really think that this movie that everyone and their mom has been talking about for the last two weeks and is, is a hidden gem. Hidden gem on fucking Netflix new releases. Yes, that's exactly what it is. No, I don't I don't honestly think that anybody on our horror understands subtlety. No. It's like beat you over the head with a shovel type conversation over there. And God forbid that you criticize Grave Encounters. Holy shit. <laughs> like, I, I've never been downvoted so hard as when I, when I went in there the numerous times. Anytime it comes up, I'll t- I'm just like, at this point, I'm just like, I gotta talk shit about this movie. But, uh, um, uh, completely unrelated, we can switch to another subreddit. Um, we've already talked about VHS cover art before. Yeah. Um, and that, as, I think it was three or four discussions ago when you did that post about um, about uh, Blu-ray releases and how they're fucking up the cover art. Yeah. Um, Megan found or heard a really cool um, piece on NPR the other day about um, this these historians at Yale that are um, <laughs> they're making a collection of uh, horror VHS tapes. At fucking Yale, That's, I think it's really it was a really cool piece. I'll um I'll find the link and I'll post it into the Fright Night um, uh, discussion on Monday. Uh, it's really it's not very long. I think it's maybe ten minutes, and it's so cool because it's talking about how uh, VHS was such a uh, kind of like a revolutionary uh, technology because all these horror movies that would not have been made because there wouldn't have been enough money to do an actual uh, theatrical release. They got made and went straight to VHS, and and the the box art was cool and blah blah this and that and the whole experience. And um, I, it kind of echoes a lot of what we touch on whenever we touch on um, how awesome VHS was in the '80s and how it you know that was our our entry into horror were all those VHS box covers that were. Um, just very disturbing, and most of the time they were way better than the actual movies. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I've said it before, but <clears throat> if you have uh, a couple hours to kill, I mean, neither one of them is very long, but you should watch both of them. Uh, the Adjust Your Tracking and the Rewind This documentaries are both really fascinating looks at 
that techno like how amazing that technology actually was and how revolutionary it was and yeah all that stuff that because those movies both follow uh at least at one point one of uh, adjust your tracking is almost entirely focused on this whereas rewind this focuses on it a little bit but people who still collect VHS tapes in 2013 2014 2015 and it's not just because they're like these weirdos that are clinging on to a, a dead uh, format. It's that it's the only way that some of these movies will ever be available because they're such small, unknown movies that no one's ever going to take the time to like digitally remaster it and put it on Blu-ray and DVD. So unless you keep a VCR and the VHS tapes, those movies will just die. Like they'll just be gone forever. And like it's kind of crazy to think of that. Because, like, we look at, um, you know, you look at, like, back in the old times where they would just burn movies when they were done screening them. <laughs> and you'd be like, that's so ridiculous and stupid. But, like, the, you know, there's plenty of pretty, de- like, not all of them are shitty movies. Like, some of them are decent movies that just were made for next to nothing that are going to be, like, gone. <laughs> like, Alligator yeah. 2, The Mutation. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's but that's okay, okay if that's gone forever. <laughs> Nobody really cares about that one. But no, like even like society, like society still has never seen DVD and Blu-ray, and I don't think that it's a great movie, but it's still like a significant film that, like, semi-significant film that deserves to have a, a Blu-ray or DVD. But it's in this giant limbo where like no one knows who the fuck owns the rights to it anymore. <laughs> Well, and that's also, you know, VHS PS is is doing God's work by uh, oh, digitizing a lot of a lot of the stuff that um, I need to pick up. Apparently, it's available on Netflix and watch, so I need to check it out. But there's a show, there's a movie that's on VHS PS called um, uh, Act of Violence, and it's also known as The Rape Squad. Oh my God! Ugh. And it's apparently I, I just heard another uh, horror podcast reviewing it because they review like the newest movies that have been put on Instant Watch, and they're like it's definitely worth watching because it is it they're like first of all it contains the least offensive rape scene that's ever been put on film, <laughs> but they're like it's literally about a guy in a jumpsuit and a hockey mask who's just going around wa- raping women, and the police just think it's no big deal, so all these women bend together and learn martial arts. And fight him. (laughs) He's like, and it's just so ridiculous, and you're like, I don't know who this movie's for. Like, the whole time you watch it, you're like, I don't, it's not empowering. They're like, it's like, it's almost like a Lifetime movie if the Lifetime movie just had violent rape scenes and boobs all over the place the whole time. But they played like an audio clip from it, and it's, uh... It's so weird. The guy talks in like this really gravelly voice, and he refers to himself as Mister Rapist. What? He's like, "I'm the best you're ever gonna have. You should thank me." And she's like, oh. "He's like, say thank you, Mister Rapist." And she's like, "Thank you, Mister Rapist." And I'm like, "Man, I need to see this piece of shit." What? Why is that? How does that sell you? What are you talking? Exactly. About? Like, I- I'm sitting here in abject horror, thinking like. <laughs> Matt needs to get out more. <laughs> Hold on a second, though. I'm going to send you the VHS cover because I guarantee that you saw this VHS cover in one of your local video stores at one point I'm or another. I'm sure I did not see the Rape Squad in no, it was No. <laughs> well, that's why it was also released as an act of violence. 
You had to you had to walk through the beads and get to the red lit back room <laughs> if you wanted to get the rape squad. Dude, okay, so uh, while Matt's finding that backstory for me uh, or side note for me is that um, I've told you guys before that I worked in a video store when I was in high school, um, and it was a it was a um, independently run video store, and there was like a porn room in the there's a porn room in the back, and I can only imagine the shit fits that people probably had on a weekly basis at like town hall meetings and shit being like there's pornography in our in our local video store blah 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 like you know the you know the lady um who's such a fucking puritan in elvira yeah that's probably the lady who was pissed off in my hometown because there was a porn room and the, th- the thing that sucked so much was that i was actually 18 when i was a senior in high school so i could have in all for all intents and purposes, um, rented some of those movies because, like, I especially if I worked back-to-back shifts, I could rent one and bring it back, and my boss would be none the wiser because she was like a middle-aged lady and she was a friend of the family and she was awesome, but I was far too embarrassed of my own sexual urges to uh, to ever rent one. But uh, it was so it was like it sucks because you're this horny eighteen-year-old guy and there's a sea of porn in the back, and you can't do anything about it. <laughs> you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just be honest. There were still shots taken. Leave it to the Canadian to quote a hockey player. <laughs> um, Matt, I'm looking at this cover, and it's making me wonder even more why the fuck you want to watch this movie. Is it the denim the denim on denim? With this woman? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's got a little Matt. muffin top popping out of the top there. <laughs> I think we both understand a lot more about Matt's sexual preferences now. <laughs> also, this this guy, we have to post this in the discussion. <laughs> this guy is wearing a bright orange uh, uh, like prison suit. As, as, rapists, as rapists gold. are known to do, is to wear the most brightly distinguishing outfit in broad daylight, as the cover seems to depict. Ah, uh, man, I I understand the feminine struggle now, because <laughs> shit like this was made, and there are people like you that still want to watch it. <laughs> Something just better left, never seen again. Just to be forgotten for all time. I mean, I'm the thing to- I'm going to fucking total recall this shit. Forever missing from my brain. The thing that's even more confusing to me about this, beyond, like, okay, so like I said, I I like checking down really dumb shit like this because it looks like it's going to be like a garbage movie that, like, a group of people made thinking that they were, like, making something important or whatever. So that's why I'm kind of curious about it. But I'm also curious as to, like, so someone at Netflix watched this and was like, you know what? We should put this on instant watch. <laughs> like, there's an audience for this. <laughs> an audience of one, and its name is Matthew <laughs> Kelly. If you if you watch this and you tell me it's the funniest thing you've ever seen, <laughs> then maybe I'll give it a shot. But if you're like, no, oh, it's a pretty decent little horror movie, I've, I've got. Oh no, no I can I can promise you that I'm not going to come back saying it's a decent horror movie. It's either going to be like so bad that it's hilarious, or it's just going to be an uncomfortable movie. But it's only 70 minutes long, so I'm not expecting it to be too painful. Either way. What do you think? <laughs> Ten minutes of credit. Ten minutes of ending. Oh, absolutely. So <laughs> it's a 40 minute. Well. 
It's like those fucking full moon pictures, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so ridiculous. Do you remember that, Scott? What? The when, when full moon? When full moon would have a movie and like the box would say the movie was like 80 minutes long. And you'd be watching it, and like an hour in, the credits start rolling, and you're like, wait a second. And there's just 20 minutes of credits like going super slow, because they needed to pad out the time to make sure that it was like a feature-length movie. Yeah, well, we've had this conversation. Yeah, we've had the conversation. Okay. I never noticed. What's a, what's oh, a I fucking noticed. <laughs> but, alright. Uh, so we are way off track on Fright Night, but has anybody watched anything recently? Uh, yeah, I watched Clown. How was it? Um... It was worth watching. It's not groundbreaking, but the creature effects were fun. I think that it did a very good job of showing a lot, but leaving some to the imagination. It wasn't overly gory. It wasn't bro-y. I felt like the pacing was a little slow, but in a weird way, because the pacing was... Maybe it's not slow. The pacing was weird because 20 minutes in, he starts to change. I mean, that's not a spoiler, because you fucking know he's going to turn into an evil clown. Um, But... I guess maybe that since they dispense with the whole, like, oh, my God, what's happening to, happening to me shit, like, it just feels a little different because it's, it's, a, it's just not quite what you're used to. But um, then there's a whole lot of, like, padding in the middle before the final showdown. And, I, I mean, I liked it, and I would recommend you watch it. But as soon as you're done watching it, I want to talk to you about it, because, well, both you guys, if you can find it. Um, I would love to talk about it because I just I have a lot of questions about not what happens in the movie, but rather like some of the decisions that they made when making it, and um, not not that they're bad, just that I I think that it sits funny with me because of that. So um, yeah, watch watch Clown, and because uh, I want to talk about it. All right. Um, or I mean, someone could pick it for Horror Club too. I guess would be the other option. <laughs> it would be really hard to have a conversation about it because there's not a whole. It's it's really silly fun. It's not. There's no discussion of the human condition in this movie. <laughs> like alligator. Right. <laughs> uh, Adam. And a beautiful set of tits. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I watched Starry Eyes, and I hated and you're it. Upset. Yeah. I didn't think it was good. Um, they tout on the box. They have like a quote from a critic that's like, it's David Lynchian or something like that. And you could see where they were definitely trying for that and failing pretty hard. Um, I didn't like it. Didn't like the concept. Didn't really care for anything of it. I know Scott enjoyed it. I think that's probably just because there was a lot of tits in it. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's That's my guess. I didn't like it. I'm I'm not happy that I watched it. Actually, I let me um, explain why I didn't dislike it. But did I tell either of you guys to watch it? No. no. Um, I think that maybe part of your negative experience with Starry Eyes is the fact that it's been like people have just been circle jerking about it a lot. Like people are like, oh, it's the best new movies come out all year, blah, 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 or whatever it was. Maybe it was last year when it came out. But um, the hype train definitely derailed it in general because I thought it was solid. I thought that it was an interesting take. I wish that they would have been a little bit – I wish that the creature design would have been better because I didn't like that. But I did really like the guy who played like the head of the cult. 
Oh shit! Did I just ruin it for somebody? Oh, well, uh, I've I've heard of enough about it to know that it's yeah. The hype. I mean, it's kind of like a. I've been told it's like a horror Scientology. Like that's essentially yes. The movie. Yeah, and yeah. if you think of it like that, that's fine. But also, but I just don't think that it's as good as people were making it out to be. It's it's solid. I think the pacing's a little slow because you know what's going to happen. Um, but I mean, hey, if you want to see the chick from uh, Red, White, and Blue. Without a meth face, she's in it. There are actually like two or three people from Red, White, and Blue in in Starry Eyes. If you want to, uh, if you want to see them act in a marginally better film. Here's the thing, though. I didn't hear anything about this movie. Cast just brought it home, and we just watched it. Uh, I had I didn't know a fucking thing about it. I knew what I read off the back of the box. That was it. Yeah, because I've heard nothing but good things about that movie so far, but I still That's... haven't gotten around to it. That'll be, be one that I'll watch when it comes on Netflix instant, as as they all eventually do. Um. So that's what I watched, and I have something that I want to watch. Have you guys uh, ever heard of Lost Soul? The, I, thought, I, I was hoping you would say Act of Vengeance. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know better than to get your hopes up with me. Um, Lost Soul, the doomed journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau. It's oh, a documentary. I've heard about this. I would love I, to watch that. Oh, I want to see it so bad. Because like, the writer went insane, it? right? No. The writer um, of the remake of Island of Dr. Monroe went batshit crazy and like bought a boat and would just sit in the ocean and watch them ruin his script. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was Val Kilmer and... Uh, Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando. And they both hated each other. And they were both so egocentric that they just couldn't... Like, you couldn't contain both their egos on set. And they would just do, uh, like, upping crazier, crazier, and crazier things. Like, you watch Island of Dr. Moreau, and you're like, wow, he's, you know, really, uh, really fucking going crazy on this one. Like, he's painting his, like, his face is painted white, and he's got an ice bucket on his head. Like, they're really going out of their way and to make And he's got it. a little weird midget creature that follows yeah. him that's, like, yeah. never explained. <laughs> And and they're like, wow, you know, really going out of their way to, to make him off as like a crazy doctor. And then you find out that those were all his decisions. Yeah. That he made them put all that shit in the movie. He wore a muumuu the whole movie because he didn't feel like having to wear pants. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so like you're a director and this guy is just, you know, a super famous actor. You can't tell him no. And he's just doing the craziest shit at ruining your movie. So he just went crazy. And then they fired Richard Stanley halfway through. And apparently he like disguised himself as an extra, got back on the set and started fucking up their equipment. Just to, like ruin it even more. <laughs> Dude, have you ever tried to watch that movie? Because it is, like, fucking... Un- like, that movie's not even that long, but that's, like, one of those movies that's, like, maybe an hour and a half, and it feels like an eternity when you're watching it. I disagree, because me and my friend used to be obsessed with that movie, and I've seen it, like, 30 times. Are you going to pick it for Horror Club one day? Oh, God, no. No, I'm not going to make anybody else do that. I love the original. The Island of Lost Souls, like, the original one... I mean, Adam wouldn't like it because it's black and white, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty good movie. <laughs> I mean, I like that story. I like the story of Doctor Monroe, so I think that's why I was really disappointed. Are you by talking how about Doctor the Island of Doctor Moreau? Yeah, he keeps saying Monroe. 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 Moreau. Island Doctor Moreau. 
Monroe, Monroe, whatever. It's the same Dr. Thing. Monroe is a character from The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Oh, so, so I watched Starry Eyes, and I want to watch Lost Soul. It looks really good. I'm going to probably watch it and then report back when we next record. All right. And I and I read Animal Man. Yes. I can definitely uh, how see far did you get? Why Scott likes it. Uh, like issue 16 or 17. Um, what's the last thing that you saw? Um, aliens and shit. <laughs> I don't know. Are you talking about the New 52? No, I'm talking about the Grant Morrison Richard, run. Yeah, I thought so. I thought you were talking about Grant Morrison. I don't know. I'll have to re- reread that. Um, I have the I have the first volume physically, and then I have digital versions of the, the rest of the, the run. But well, yeah, I dude, I fucking love Animal Man so much. I can see why you like it, but I think it's a little preachy. Little preachy. It's the '80s. Every serious comic book was ultra preachy. If you think that's preachy, try and read some Green Lantern, Green Arrow. That is the ultra preachy comic <laughs> of the time. Um, and if you want something that's less preachy, that's far more subtle, I would highly recommend you read some of the Saga of the Swamp Thing, written by Alan Moore, because he is the greatest comic book writer of all time. I know he's not Neil Gaiman, but I prefer him. Uh. I forced the roommate's girlfriend <laughs> to watch uh, the ongoing yeah. saga of you, your relationship with this, with your girl, your not girlfriend. Yeah, uh, made her watch Return of the Living Dead and uh, Frighteners. <laughs> I think she enjoyed both of them, uh, and then she lent me uh, the first three trades of Hellblazer. Nice. Uh, so I'll probably get around to trying to read that soon. Um, and for I won't the, hold my breath though. Yeah, uh, for the <laughs> for the blog, I'm in the middle of rewatching all of Angel. Um, oh my god, the, uh, what was the the vampire was? <laughs> yeah, that status update was pretty that was amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Every once in a while, I have a good one. <laughs> and this is why we're friends, just strictly because I know once in a while you throw shit at a wall and it sticks. <laughs> <laughs> and so many people like. Did not like it. Like, a lot of people were like, fuck that, that's stupid. No, probably <laughs> people just have, like, unfollowed you because you post so many terrible 90s songs. <laughs> I mean, I know that's why uh, why Accuracy 90 doesn't ever comment on your shit. <laughs> he told me. What, he doesn't appreciate the Boys to Men, End of the Road? <laughs> like, Was that the last song you posted? That's oh, today's God. song, yeah. <laughs> have I ever told you about... Um, uh, I was at, a, I think, a seventh grade dance, and so this was, what, 1996, 1995, um, and I wanted them to play, it was like the the, the spring dance, because the, the winter dance, they had played I'll Make Love to You, and it was a slow dance, obviously everybody danced to it, and I was like, okay, I want a slow dance song, because I want to dance with some girl I have a crush on and not get an erection, yeah. uh, and so I went up and I was like, can you please play I'll Make Love to You, and the guy, like, scolded the shit out of me, have I ever told you about that? No. You totally shamed me, and I was like, "But you played it at the last one." And I was so embarrassed. Uh, Sorry, bro. Sorry, that's bro. okay. I will say that, uh, like, I'm on season three right now of Angel, and I love the first season. And I wish that they would have just stuck with with him being a private eye. Like Buffy, I didn't like as a Monster of the Week series, but I think Angel actually worked better as a Monster of the Week series. Uh, I don't care what show it is. All I want is Monster of the Week because that's so much more fun than the, than like Supernatural went to shit when they stopped doing Monster of the Week. Well, 
but the one thing I do like when they dropped the Monster of the Week, and this still could have perfectly worked into the Monster of the Week stuff, but when they dropped the Monster of the Week, they added in Lauren, who is such an amazing character. <laughs> is that the woman, the like his love interest? No, Lauren is the green demon that runs the oh, karaoke yeah, yeah, yeah. bar. Like he's yeah. fantastic. Everything about his character is amazing, and uh, they do have that amazing story arc where they go into his dimension, because Cordelia's been named the queen of their dimension, (laughs) and it's just like, he's just miserable because he hates being there, because music doesn't exist in that world, and music's the only thing that makes sense to him or whatever, but there's the... There's this really goofy scene where Angel makes him visit his, uh, his family for the first time in years. And, like, his family's just the shittiest people ever. <laughs> and they're like, oh, God, he's back. He's like, wait, you weren't sad? He goes, no, your brother danced the happy dance for three days straight. He's like, dance the happy dance. And in the background, you just see this demon dancing while they're having a conversation. <laughs> it's just so randomly out of, like, out of the nature of the rest of the show. I... I that's the stuff that I love in Josh Whedon's stuff is when Josh Whedon. <laughs> I said Joss. Joss Bullshit. Whedon. John uh, Monroe. <laughs> um, is that he does have these random moments in his shows that just go super wacky for no explainable reason, and then it's just like right back to normal reality again. Yeah. Um, which just reminded me, I had a dream last night that I was in the new Avengers movie, and it was awesome. So let's watch that in May. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, there we go. I found the link. I'm going to send you this after the show, and then uh, and then I got to hit the bank. But um, in two weeks, we'll be discussing a movie that I have never heard of uh, called Mole Man of Bo- Belmont Avenue. Wait, what? Uh, is this ad- did something get added to the I didn't add it to the list yet. No. Um okay. so that in 2 weeks we're discussing that. Uh next week we'll be discussing Black Mirror, White Christmas, the TV movie. Uh and here is the trailer for that. What are you doing? I'm doing Christmas. Christmas. Packet gravy. How British. Confidence. Just talk to her. Do you maybe want to go somewhere a bit more quiet? You've been blocked. Stop, or I'll block you. Just please stop. Touch me. Can't see or speak to them. There's just a shadow. Is it set up? You are all set and ready to go. I don't want to be in here. I don't want to be in here. It'll be much easier if you just comply. A feature-length special from Charlie Brooker. Black Mirror, White Christmas. Tuesday the 16th of December on 4.